0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Hey, Unpopular Truth podcast listeners, we are so glad to have you with us today. If you are new here, my name is Carrie, Um, my husband Ronnie is here with us, my son Ellis is here, and producer Matt, we have roped him into now being a part of our discussion. Um, Thanks for listening, Um, we just kind of kick around theologic topics that um, if misunderstood will affect our daily lives and so if you're new here, welcome. Welcome. So what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about pastors with large platforms.
1: That's interesting. What what do you consider a pastor to be? Kind of break that down for us. Well,
2: I was going to say first, tell me what do you mean by large?
0: Well, I know. So I'm talking about the pastors on um, social media or television that have hundreds of thousands of viewers, followers, um, outside of their quote-unquote church body.
2: So that could go into churches that have satellite. For sure. So the actual... Pastor at the church located at this city has satellite churches in other cities that he may only go visit maybe once twice a year, but he's piped in. Is that what you're talking about too?
0: I might be. I'm going to be talking about that.
2: What was your question, Ellis?
1: What is your definition of a pastor?
0: Well, let's let's go to scripture so that we kind of stay on track. And um, hopefully we can kind of unpack this topic. I never stay on track. Well, we know. (laughs) But we're going to try to um, unpack this topic because um, I I want us to talk about if there is any kind of danger associated with pastors with big platforms. Yeah. Or, no, and and we can name them. We, We don't have to, but... But, you know, we can name some along the way. Um, okay, so Ellis. Yes. What is a pastor? So um, I guess I'm going to read out of First Timothy chapter 3. Um, this is, of course, Paul um, teaching us in this text. And I'll just start in chapter 3 with verse 1. He says, It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer... It is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine, gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household how will he take care of the church of God and not a new convert so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Wow. That's big words. <laughs> big words and long list. Yeah. So uh, obviously the role of pastor is not to be one taken Lightly, Mm-mm, no, because um, you know, we could go into more scripture here, but um, the church was purchased with Christ's blood and then handed over <laughs> to pastors, so or, or overseer that's what you know Paul calls a pastor. So, definitely, there are a list about character. Um, of a man who's a pastor so
3: yeah so we have character but
0: what about job title job title so response so if
3: paul was writing (laughs) i know a uh (laughs) job description up yeah for pastors what what do you think it would look like
0: i think it's a combination of two things and y'all can disagree with me or add to it, and I'm open to that for sure. So, Second Timothy chapter four, um, Paul says again. He says, "I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort." with great patience and instruction. So I think that's one of the first responsibilities of a pastor, is to preach God's word. Teach God's word.
3: Yeah. I mean, we can just go along and break down that whole passage, honestly. Yeah. So first things first. Uh, what does he say there? In the, In the text. Yeah.
0: Says, preach the word, yep. yeah. He says, preach the word. Yeah. He says, preach the word. Be ready. Yep.
1: In I also think and out of season. Yeah. I also think that the verse one also connects to it because he's he's setting up what preaching is and what who you are under when you are preaching. Ooh. Because he he charges them before God and Jesus. Yeah. So now now you are being basically brought before God, saying this person is preaching. Wow. And he is saying that who is going to judge the living and the dead. So obviously God has power over the living and over the dead. Mm -hmm. So that shows his power and his glory. And then he says, and because of his appearing (laughs) and his kingdom. So now we have the whole basically picture of Jesus's life and what he's done for the church and God's power and sovereignty over the church. And Paul is saying, if you are preaching, I'm charging you before God yeah. to do it correctly and biblically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So preach the, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Which
3: goes along with having the character of a pastor. You can't be ready if your character is not up to date. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, you know, there, there has to be... That is way deeper than it it seems, because to be ready in and out of season is a call to denying yourself and to giving up your life, to be a pastor, to be able to speak the word of God into people's
0: lives daily, any given moment.
2: Yeah, daily.
0: Well, and here's the thing too, and we can come back to this if we don't want to unpack it now, but the role of the pastor is to preach the word. So Mm -hmm. Paul is giving you a specific instruction about what you are to preach about, what you are to teach your flock, what, (laughs) what you are to use in your message or sermon or talk, whatever you want to call it. And it's the word of God. So, there's a difference between a motivational speaker and a pastor.
3: Right. There's nothing wrong with either one of them. No. It's just a matter of you can't put one in place of the other.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I wonder if we just incorrectly categorize mm. men who are actually motivational speakers. And they're very good at it. Um, But if we put them in the category of pastor, um, that comes with a lot more responsibility and a lot more character qualifications, according to Paul. So that's the reason I'm posing this question about preachers with large platforms. Because I think it's a serious issue. I think it's a scriptural issue.
3: Yeah, because you can't... I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. You can't personally minister to 1.5 million people.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think you can. So that's 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 the first question. Like it, it, you know, if somebody has a large congregation, are they pastoring those people? Right.
2: Well. Now, I'm going to say if they're speaking truth. Right. They are only from the pulpit, not in a one on one
0: personal relationship.
2: Personal relationship. And then that's where you have to be um, equipped Mm -hmm. with the scripture to know is this person speaking truth? whether you watch him on TV, you listen to a radio or you're sitting in the pulpit or in the uh, pew yeah. and he's in the pulpit speak, you know, speaking. Right. Um, you have to know what is being said and if it's truth or not truth. So, I think a lot of times that 1.5 million people that are in that I guess you could say that congregation if you want to call it that spread out over mm-hmm. different medias. Um, most of them are just going off of the feel-good message versus the truth message.
3: So, do you think? The question is: is Do you think? uh, What do you think the Holy Spirit's role in this conjecture or conjuncture is like? Where where does a pastor Get you to the points where the Holy Spirit takes over, or
0: oh, I, listen, you know what I'm saying. I th- okay. I have. I, I agree with Ronnie. If some man yes. is on the TV, we have that recorded, right? She <laughs> agrees with me. I do. If if some man is on the TV preaching God's word, yeah, and it's it's the truth of God's word, he is pastoring at that moment. Okay the The people who are listening, because that's one of the responsibilities. It's one right of the responsibilities. Um, now, if we get to the point that we say the pastor has to be fulfilling both responsibilities, um, then that's a different issue. We have not gotten to the second responsibility yet. But yeah, but if someone's preaching the truth, I mean, I've learned I've learned things from pastors on uh youtube and the tv i mean i have what's
3: that station what <laughs> which one <laughs> the whole one on television that was so popular in like the 90s
2: oh i can't remember yeah yeah <laughs> i know like what
3: you're like about network or something yes like the
0: 700 club yeah. <laughs> oh don't get me started on that one that one worries no,
3: me. no <laughs>
0: so but so but that's the question i'm asking that's the that's what i'm ch- you know trying to Look at from a scriptural perspective, these, you know, like okay, I mean, I'll just pull it up on Instagram, right? Everybody loves Instagram. I do. Um, I, who's who do you think has the what pastor you think has the biggest platform on Instagram?
1: Joel Osteen.
0: Well, Mike Todd has 1.6 million followers Ooh, on Instagram. He does. Uh,
3: I thought 1.5 was going to be like
0: a really big number. Big number? Oh, <laughs> Ellis is right. right. Ellis is right. Joel Osteen yeah, has 4.7 million followers there on Instagram. There Boom. Oh, there What is, is Ferdig? That's huge. Um, <gasps> let's How do you spell? Is he with a V or a PH? A Stephen yeah. Ferding. Oh, 3.6 million. Oh. So he's so he's, cl- he's, he's <laughs> getting up there. <laughs> he's up he's there. getting up there. So, so Okay, that's a great that's a great question. Are they pastoring just by preaching the truth?
3: I mean, rule a, number one in the job description was preach the word.
0: Right. Okay. Well, let's look at okay. So let's look at the other responsibility, and then we'll yeah. talk about it. So I believe if we combine the scripture that we just read in 2 Timothy with um, the book of John, um, where uh, Jesus um, has, of course, appeared um, to the disciples on the beach, and um, he has an encounter with Peter, John 21, verse 15, and um, I won't read these verses, but um, he basically tells Peter that his job is to feed his sheep.
3: Yeah, this is post-crucifixion. Yes. Yeah.
0: So Jesus um, gives Peter that charge. He says... Your job is to feed the sheep, feed my sheep specifically. So I think when we look at that, that's a pastor description there.
3: Well, what else did Jesus say to Peter? Mm. On you, I will build my church." church. And what does he ask him right before he says, feed my sheep? Do you love me? Yeah. So again, we have qualifications for a pastor role. Yeah, do you love Jesus? in a do You love
0: in the sense? Yeah. Golly. Yeah, Master Commander sense. Right. So yeah. so that's what we're looking at. So <laughs> two so the major qualifications um, of that character list that we read in First Timothy, and then the responsibilities in Second Timothy 4 and John 21 um, to preach the word and tend the flock, feed the sheep.
2: So when you say feed the sheep, what do you mean?
0: I take that to what, mean... Well, not
2: you, but what, what do you yeah. feel like the Bible yeah. is saying when you say feed the sheep? I know what I think. Yeah. I just want to know Teach what you Teach
0: them the word of God right. and monitor the flock that God has brought to you to see if that word is transforming them.
2: That's what I was about to say. Yeah. So that's what so, I see. I see it saying, okay, here's a problem, just like Paul We discussed this before we hit record, just like Paul addressed the churches on the issues of that church. Yeah. So if you're standing up in front of your, I don't know, 50 to whatever number it is, wherever the church is going is where you need to be preaching, preaching, So if you're seeing issues inside the church that need to be addressed, Mm -hmm. they need to be addressed from the pulpit immediately and by truth from Scripture. And then when that, that should change whatever body in the church that should be changing their hearts to conform.
0: To the image of Jesus Christ. Yes.
3: To be restorative and transformative. So,
0: right, a pastor should be able to know intimately his congregation to know what truth they need at the time.
3: So you're saying it is a literal, we're taking this as a literal hands-on <laughs> approach to feeding sheep. like, I, I think so. Yeah, and I, I don't think, you know, there's anything wrong with that.
0: I mean, Scripturally, I, I think yeah.
3: that's open to taking literal interpretation. And I think if Jesus is l- literally talking one on one with Peter and saying, feed my sheep, I think that's a charge that he's saying you've got work to do. You know, just when he said, I, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Yeah, you've got a you've got a job to do. It requires hands on work. Well, so, and even
2: Paul addressed the goods and bads when he sent these letters to the churches. Oh, he corrected. He oh, corrected. Oh, and yes. He. he I, I don't. I can't think of the word to use, but he said, "Here's what you're doing well. Here's where you need work."
0: Yeah, mm, for sure.
2: And and even even a pastor should be doing both of those from the pulpit, mm. because you know it's it's just like a coach that coaches you if he never tells you what's wrong you're never going to grow right so you have to have both of those hey you did good and here's what you need to work on just like a pastor needs to say to the church body you are not doing this and we need to do this and here's the scripture that backs that up
0: yeah so i'm just i'm just Asking myself um, these large, like mega churches. Uh, I don't even know if you call them mega churches. I mean, Joel Osteen, how many people attend Lakewood Church? I I don't even know that number. Um,
1: Now we have to use the word attend loosely because they can watch him online. Exactly. So would we consider that attending his church or would we consider that just watching him speak?
0: That's the question I'm asking is do do people maybe we
2: need to bring him on and ask him do, <laughs> our podcast. let's call him
1: let's give him a let's give him a little ring Um
0: but that's what i'm asking so so do it's a two-fold question do these pastors with large platforms think that they are pastoring all the people watching them yeah. online and and on social media? And in turn, do the people watching them feel as if that man is pastoring them, well, that's shepherding where, them? That's where
2: you have to get into the question. Or that's the reason we're doing the podcast. Yes. Is if you're watching, I don't want to use him as an example, anyone. Mm-hmm. And you have no personal relationship with anything that's going on, let's say, on the TV with that yeah. church. You need to be getting into some body of believers, believers where yeah. you have that ability to get, yes, to get shepherd. And yeah. also, once you do that, you need to know what biblical truth is because we've we visited many churches. Mm-hmm. Where we're like, okay, they've opened the Bible, but good golly, they're all over the place. Right. And then we've gone to churches where they don't even open the Bible.
0: Right. Sure. Because we, we
2: like going to to churches yeah. and, hey, I, let's go listen to him. We we hear something's going on over at that church. Let's go see what's going on.
0: Yeah. So I think we've kind of like started with a, a few of the issues here. Yeah. You
3: don't know him personally. You don't,
0: you do not know that pastor enough for him to shepherd your spiritual walk.
3: Well, and a lot of times, if you're watching online uh, and, you know, you write in or you call in or you you don't Mm -hmm. even get the pastor. No. You know, like you you get one of the appointed leaders, you know, that are assisting in prayer ministry that day or so on and so forth. So. Your line of connection to that pastor has derailed multiple times. I mean, Mm. you just don't know him. You don't know the man.
0: That's a great point.
1: I also think if you, we commonly call pastors pastors shepherds, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing that would be so important to understand, especially when talking about this, is... Shepherds knew their flock like intimately because mm-hmm. if you look at how they shepherd them, you look at the imagery used, it's commonly used for Christ, but the door of the sheepfold. The door of the sheepfold, literally in that time, was the shepherd. He would build a circle of stones around his sheep and sleep on mm-hmm. the one exit and entrance of the circle. So his protection. sheep knew him oh. intimately because he was their protection. And he knew the sheep intimately. So if you're watching online and you never have physical contact with a person, how can they know you intimately and yeah. preach something that they know will impact you? Like Piper says about Jonathan Edwards preaching sinners in the hands of an angry God. Yes. He he Oof. comments that Edwards was studying for himself mm-hmm. the imagery of God having His hands upon a sinner and mm. and hell, and He knew that because He intimately knew His congregation, yeah. He knew that it would infinitely impact His congregation. Yep. So because of the physical contact that He had with His people, He could prepare a scripturally sound and doctrinally mm. sound message that would impact them. Yes. That beyond his own knowing, and it still impacts us today. Today, Yeah. So even though we aren't sheep of Jonathan Edwards, it still impacts us, but Mm -hmm. not in the way that it would impact his sheep because he knew them better.
0: Ellis, that's good.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because I'm... That is um, good. There is a, a point in everyone doing the social media... The television, the radio shows, and and it's to evangelize. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, and and God's going to use all of those facets of mm-hmm. of all of these speakers, whether, well, whether they're actually speaking truth or not speaking truth, God's going to use it one mm-hmm. way or the other. Um, the deal is, is that we have to know, as listeners, who truly we need to listen to. Who do we turn on and who do we turn off? Yeah. Uh, by the way, don't turn us off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, I think that's that's another question because just getting ready for this podcast, you know, for a few weeks now, I've been watching these preachers, you know, who have large followings, you know, on social media, you know, on the network, whatever. Um and I can't say that their sermons are convicting. I, that's not the word I would use. I've watched several of them. I would probably use different words for different speakers.
3: I'd say most of the time they go for inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yes. I yeah. feel like, well, I, the, well, here's the thing. They're great speakers. Yeah. They're, they're attractive. They are um, easy to listen to. They're almost f- entertaining. Like that's the word I want to use yeah. because, you know, they're great communicators. Communicators. They use good inflection. They do all the things, and it's like, wow! I can totally see how people would listen to this every week because it's easy. It's easy.
1: And I, I want to expound on that. You, Ronnie, you said that, <laughs> Dad, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Ron- Dad, Ronnie, Ronnie, <laughs> Dad. Your name is Ronnie. Um. You said when when we watch these people, we have to know who to turn off and who to turn on, yes. right? So I think that directly correlates with 1 Corinthians 2.14 and 15. It says, But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He does he is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. Piper talks about this in his book, Expository Exaltation, by saying that preaching alone has to be done with the help of the Spirit because God's Word is spiritual. Yep. So we cannot, with our fleshly body, expound the Word yep. without the help of the Spirit, yes. but that also in turn means that we cannot understand Stand it, it. Yes. without the Spirit. Oh. So, those who do not know who to turn off and who to turn on, they might need to do some self reflecting and say, Oh, for sure. Do I know Jesus? Do I know Jesus? Do I have the Spirit? Because if you cannot tell the difference between someone who is speaking heresy and someone who is speaking truth, and they both claim to be preaching God's word, you need to do some self reflecting.
0: That's my question. Is a. Televangelist, I'll just use a term from way back.
2: That are tells they, how old they are, are they
0: going see, I don't think they're going Ellis, I don't think they're going to preach or teach a sermon that is focused on getting people to the point to ask themselves if they know Jesus. I, I don't well, I now, thought
3: that was their point. What
1: Oh yes. Now, yeah. Nowadays, yes. nowadays, yes. I do not think that is the point.
3: I I think evangelists. Yes, I'm with
2: you, Matt. Yes,
3: single evangelist conference that I have ever been a part of. That's been the biggest main
1: question.
2: But do you are, know Jesus, yep. and then can you send some money?
1: Are we saying? Are <laughs> we saying? We have they
3: 45 minutes processional waiting on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But are we saying an evangelist or are right. we saying a pastor? Right. And because because an evangelist might not have a massive platform because if they are actually evangelizing, they're never in one spot. Yeah. So a pastor right. is going to normally be in one spot and if they have a massive platform, they'll have people from around the world listening into them. So a pastor then it's just yeah are they if they're not preaching something that is making you think on yourself and saying woe is me like and self-reflecting mm-hmm. on yourself yeah. are they are they actually preaching scripture
3: well i've seen it's even a turn away from preaching on sin you know mm-hmm. like when's the last time you saw uh, so, you know a message that was popular. That was preached on sin, like just plain sin. No. A lot of the times, these speakers and these preachers are preaching a lot on behavioral issues, or mental uh, health ins- issues. Um, the right way to think, the right way to process, mm-hmm. the oh right way yes. to behave.
0: How
2: to feel?
3: The right way to feel, yep. but not how, but not sin. Sin. So th- you know, if I'm a, if I'm a basketball coach. Let me just throw it back to this example.
2: Yes, I like basketball.
3: It's fine me for me to, <laughs> to coach the, the players on a winning mentality and how to think and act and practice like champions. However, my job does not end there because at that point, I have to teach them how to play like champions. Like I have yes. to teach them how to practice and how to move and how to execute like champions. So in the same way, preachers, yes, ha- part of their job is to help you think like a Christian and like a Christ follower. But their job does not end in teaching you how to think like a cross- Christ follower. Their job then continues in how to get you to execute life as a Christ follower. Follower, yes. Which I don't think we see because we're, we're not coming down on sin. So if, if I'm teaching these boys how to play basketball, I, you know, you're, you're straight up going to tell them, Hey, listen, your jump shot stinks. Like your form, tuck that elbow, you know, like you get rudimentary with the basics and practice the snot out of those. Right. Right. So in the same way, defeating sin is our rudimentary process as Christ followers. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to defeat sin in our lives day in and day out to practice uh, a godly walk.
1: And if you look back on that, if you look back at any part of the Bible that has some form of preaching or, um, let's say for the Old Testament, a prophet, the common theme in these passages is that they start off by giving the news of repentance and forgiveness of sin and then they immediately go into the sin itself. Mm. They address the sin and they they are very specific. And a couple in this article that I'm reading, a couple that are given are of course the sin of lust in Matthew 5:29 about tearing out your right eye if it causes you to sin. Mm-hmm. The sin of greed that is in Luke 6, 24. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. For hip- hypocrisy in Matthew 23, 29. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Like, we see a common theme of the, the good news about our salvation, and then we immediately see the specific pointing out of our sin.
3: Yeah.
0: But what would y'all say then to somebody who does watch Mike Todd of Transformation Church because just the few quote unquote sermons that I watched, he did. He told those people to quit hooking up with each other because they're not married. So did he address sin? I,
1: <laughs> I would say I mean, watch it, watch it more than once and be on guard.
3: Well, did he address it in in the biblical sense of that too? Sin, like, did he just say stop hooking up, or did he say God calls us to? Yeah. Blank.
1: Did he did he point out First Corinthians six eighteen that says flee from sexual immorality? Yeah. Or did he just say stop hooking up with each other because it's wrong? Now, now you've given someone you're just telling them what to do. You're not giving them a reason, and you're not giving them a biblical Scripture. example of. Why? Of why because yeah. you you are a pastor so you should be able yeah. to biblically expound your your points right. and your your reasons for saying things
0: well i think that that's one of the problematic areas of this is that um, we don't see these pastors really coming down very hard on sin because somebody could easily just click the remote and turn them off or unfollow or, you know, go elsewhere. But I think the problem there is that um, they're actually not preaching the entire word of God. And Ellis, that goes back to your point. You would have to be invested as a watcher or listener for a while to see if they preached the entire word of God, all of it, the things that are, both comforting and convicting, on you that know, subject. The, yeah. yeah, the things that, you know, and if they use the Bible as authoritative, if yeah. they said the reason I'm telling you this is because of scripture and, you know, and if they depended on the spirit and scripture for the transformation of people listening and watching.
3: Right. And I think of, you know, I think, one of the biggest reasons preachers shy away from calling out sin is just because it's gotten, it's one of those churchy words that, you know, the campus preachers and the street preachers just kind of took over. And, you know, it's almost like mainstream pastors kind of left it to them to scream, turn or burn and, (laughs) <laughs> all that from the street corner <laughs> yeah. instead of instead of really just breaking down sin and being like sin literally just means that you miss the mark of God's perfect plan. Right. So if we just approach, you know, we throw out all the all the preconceived notions of the word sin and we just broke it down to say, "Hey, this was God's perfect plan. This is where sin Enters in and you become outside of God's perfect plan mm-hmm. in this area. So, yes, God's perfect plan is for you to share, you know, marriage and, and sexual desires with one person, right? You know, in a, in a marriage contract.
2: Yeah, He does.
3: And if you're hooking up, sorry, that is sin. <laughs> sorry, else, <Alice. laughs> right. We're going
2: to just because, go on past it. Yeah. <laughs> it's sin because you have missed the mark, mark. of God's perfect plan for and design, your yes.
0: life. Yes. Well,
2: I feel like most of the time when you're on a big platform, you shy away or you refuse to do any of that because as soon as you do that, guess what? You've hurt my feelings. I'm not coming back. I'm not clicking on the button. I'm not yeah. dialing in the radio. I mean, you're going to lose those viewers, listeners, or attendants.
3: Right, but if we go back to the character and calling of a pastor, you should not be concerned with that.
0: Right. That's but, where I was going. Right, because going. the next on so, that
2: verse was money.
0: Well, right, you should be free from the love of money, but my next point or question to ask is why... Do people think that Transformation Church with Mike Todd is successful? Because they say they are. Because one of the things they say they are. And what's another thing? Numbers. Numbers. See, Numbers. The, you're, you're, you're going off of, okay, well, everyone else, like, obviously thinks it's great. So, yeah. but, but is that how... Paul tells us to measure the success of ministry. No, well, I don't Everybody recall. Everybody like there was a long pause there. There shouldn't have been that long of a pause. So, so the measure of ministry is never numerical.
2: I don't think he ever. ever wrote a letter that said, "Hey, where are your numbers at?" Exactly. And, hey, send <laughs> exactly. me the numbers after you start. What's tell- your attendance? Yes. He after- wrote
3: a letter that said, "Where's your offering?" <laughs> 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 well, but, but but that's besides
0: <laughs> but, the point. <word. laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But Paul's measure of the success of ministry is spiritual depth and how much more you look like Christ today than yesterday that that's the measure of ministry and that's the reason that i think that we should all be more discerning of these pastors because they can't possibly know there's it's impossible yeah for them to know if someone watching on tv or following them on social media or watching their messages is growing in the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. They yeah. they can't know that. And Paul says that that's how you measure ministry.
3: Yeah, and Paul also harps big time with all of his churches on the message that is being preached. You know. And especially to the Corinthians, you know. Oh gosh, they were messed up. <laughs> they were <laughs> They were jacked they up. Believed in everything. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, you know, Jesus, come speak. The screwed up Corinthians, <laughs> yeah. God love them, <laughs> but yeah. So going along with that point, yeah, Paul. Paul held them to to what they were preaching in the church and the beliefs as a whole church, and then also how they acted as a church, and so yeah, yeah. It's it's again. More of more along the lines of how are they transforming and being restored to the likeness of Christ, and that has been basically Paul's whole mission in the New Testament as as it right you know uh, refers to churches is yeah. he's making sure that the message of Jesus is being preached right first and foremost
0: because God is building His church. I mean that is yes. clear from Scripture. God is doing that. But also, from the teachings of Paul and in Scripture, we are encouraged to be around other believers and be shepherded by someone who meets those character qualifications and who is given the gift by the Holy Spirit to be able to preach and teach Scripture accordingly, to, to rightly divide exactly. Scripture so that we grow, not numerically, but we grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ.
2: So, this may be chasing a rabbit here. You'll have to cut it out. (laughs) So, here's one thing about the letters. Okay, where was Paul?
0: Prison. Well, predominantly in prison.
2: Predominantly, okay.
0: (laughs) Not for all of them, but the majority.
2: Okay, but he, so, we're using him as a a, um, a kind of a comparison to what a pastor should be doing which is calling you out oh, okay. and telling you good good yeah. bad right <clears throat> okay he's getting this information about the churches mm-hmm. meaning there's a relationship between that church and yeah. him someone yeah meaning someone is coming to him and saying, here is what is going on. It's a on. problem, right? Okay. Yeah. So when is the last time that you've gone into your pastor's office and said, "Here is what is going on. Here is what I am seeing Ooh. with my, let's say, my group, right? My, my collective small group, group or my, my community. small group, my little community. Wow. My, my people, my thirty people I hang out with." My five people I hang out with, here's what's going on. Here's what they're saying. Here's what's going on with our lives in this body of, of believers. Wow. And here's what's going on and, and how do we need to address this?
3: And then when's the last time the pastor addressed it? Mm.
2: Well, the question is, is who's doing that? Yeah. Is anyone doing that? That's is what anyone you're going is, right.
3: Who's going to the pastor? And then if the pastor is informed. Is there action Is taken? There any action taken, like from pulpit or otherwise? Yeah, right. Because that these letters were read in front of the whole church. Oh yeah. Well, we just need to make that clear right there. Paul's letters were read in front of the entire, entire congregation. congregation.
2: And tell me that that was a. Um, we'll we'll go way back. How old I am? That was a reunion type type of scenario. Like, you know, I grew up in church, and guess what? about once a year, we would have, hey, it's homecoming. And so, home, exactly. Homecoming, ice cream socials. Exactly. So, homecoming was, okay, you know, we've already gone through three music ministers. Guess what? Um, All three of them are there. (laughs) And maybe even past, pastors and everything else, everybody was there. So that's what was going on in these churches that everyone came because guess what? You're fixing to read Paul's letter. I want to hear what he's going to say. This is important. It wasn't, you know, half the body was there. It was everybody was there.
3: And then you got called out in front of everyone. Right. Your mama and all them.
0: Okay. But Ronnie, that's just a whole nother layer to this because we know people, we know people in our lives that, watch church online, they watch a certain pastor with a ginormous platform and they that's that's their church. That's what they do for quote unquote church. And
3: it's almost normal these days.
0: I know. And so that would never happen. That would never happen, Ronnie. No. Because you couldn't you couldn't send Stephen Furtig a DM and tell him that in your group of friends y'all got an issue that needs to be addressed that's never going to happen
2: that's the that's the and point that's the point yeah. that's my point you can do that all day long watch all of them listen to whoever you want to during the week yeah but you need to be in a be in some kind of body of believers where mm-hmm. well one you can be held accountable
3: because
2: mm. if you're if you're not in a body of believers you can't be held accountable I mean I know this is about being pastored by someone, but you need to know also
3: one to
0: pastor you. That's what I'm saying. saying. You need to be, you would have to be accountable and be shepherded.
3: Yeah. It's a both and it's yeah. Yeah. So we can't just get on to preachers who have giant platforms and all this. Oh, that's exactly.
0: That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Here's another thing. You know, just with these few indicators that we've talked about, I just want everyone to just proceed with caution. If you're going to read their Instagram posts, watch their sermons just because you
3: may not be talking to you.
0: They may not be speaking to you. They may not be speaking according to the entire counsel of God. They, they can't shepherd you personally. So that's the whole point of this is just to proceed with caution. Know that going in, when you turn on the TV or YouTube or whatever media you're using, just use discernment on the, front end
2: but the you know but the good thing is like how many times have you referenced who have you referenced the most in this podcast
1: john piper john
0: right
2: piper. so if you're listening to him
0: yeah he has a huge chances
2: platform. chances yeah. are it's going to speak to you why
1: because it's truth. because it's truth. exactly yeah. it's, it's because scripture.
2: he is he is pulling scripture mm-hmm. out and, and digging into it now does that mean that every one that you listen to or read is going to speak to you no it's not going to speak to you exactly the way it was speaking to someone else it's yeah. still going to speak to you but there still is, that, that there still is not a pastoral
0: component component no. there right no, 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 it's no, no, no. just but a
2: good teaching that you were able to receive through this great thing of media yeah, that we I, have now
0: but I also think too that's just another a great point Ronnie is that um, you're John, welcome yeah thank you um, John Piper is very focused he is a, he is a preacher that, that is what John Piper does. He does not venture out he does not write music he does not produce music um, you know he, he's not got his hand in a whole lot of other stuff. Um, so I think that's worth mentioning, um, that, you know, that's another thing to use discernment about because, I mean, are they, are they, are they focused on pastoring a church and feeding a flock and expounding God's word in the correct way? Or are they... (laughs) Do they have a mixed focus? You know, is there just a lot going on? So I think it's yeah, just something worth mentioning. Are they trying to put
3: their name out there Yeah, on as many things as God's name is? Exactly.
0: That's what I was about to say. Because,
2: are they trying to put their name above God? You know. Yeah. Period.
3: Well, and, or even equal to, because we talked yes. about that last week. Shout out Satan. Yes. Um, yes. Yes we are not to be equal with God nope. and we are not to seek to be equal with God. So Mm-mm. if we have our name <laughs> on the subtitles of everything that we preach about God, yes, this is a dangerous platform.
0: And and you can, you know, y'all, if you're listening right now and you're like, okay, well, you've just blown everybody out of the water <laughs> that I listened to. You know, what am I supposed to do? You know, use discernment and there are so many um, excellent Preachers and teachers of God's word, um, you know, John Piper, Steve Lawson, you know, I'm going to tell you, um, Jeff Durbin navigates this landscape so well. And if you don't know who Jeff Durbin is, he's the pastor of Apologia Church um, there in Arizona. And every time that he puts a sermon on YouTube, he has an opening clip that he puts at the beginning of his sermon where he outlines this and says, I am not your pastor. Oh, I yeah. am so glad that you are watching, you know, this message and I hope that it speaks to you, but I am not your pastor. I cannot be your pastor. I don't know you. I can't shepherd you. Please, you know, align yourself with a body yeah. of believers because you need a pastor and he just does it so well. He even tells people if they want to give to Apologia Church that you know, he welcomes that and he would love that, but he encourages people to never let that interfere with them giving to the church that they are affiliated with and associated with. And he just, he just does it so well and um, it's very endearing. And so, um, yeah, that is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it is. And so um, I think just um, as we close, that's, yeah. What I want to just encourage everybody listening, please just proceed with caution. Um, you know, when you see these kind of red flags that we've talked about, yeah, um, because then that person is going to open God's word, or they're not going to open God's word. So, just
2: again, you take need it for to what it is. Your Bible. Yeah. And if you're not reading your Bible. Then you need to take what was said, mm-hmm. the scripture that they used, and you need to be studying on it yeah, to make sure that what they are saying lines up with the context and meaning that the Bible is saying.
0: And if that pastor or that person um, does not open scripture, but they give you a great piece of life advice, just take it for what it is. Yeah. Which it's is a, also good. It's it's also good. Take yeah. it as, "Hey, that's a great piece of advice for yeah. me." Um and just take it as that, but don't don't categorize it as it's gospel truth. Gospel truth, <laughs> God's word, um scripture. C- categorize it for what it is. And hey.
2: It, and he's not your pastor.
0: Yeah, it's it's life advice. And he's
2: mm-hmm. not your pastor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. to reiterate, we are not demolishing YouTube.
0: No, no, I've said it over and over again. Exactly. Watch them.
2: Listen, go for it. I would rather you be doing that than to be listening to who knows what on the radio.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah, I mean, set your mind on things above. Yep. And that, that's a golden rule to live by, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a wrap for today. Yeah. Um,
0: Check Anybody in with got us. Anything else? Yeah, check in with us. Yep. Let us know what you think. Thanks Social for listening. Media at Unpopular Truth Podcast. Yep. Websites.
3: Yep. Or www.unpopulartruthpodcast.com.
1: Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye.